The armistice has helped keep the peace for nearly 70 years, despite occasional crises and skirmishes across the DMZ, one of which happened yesterday. Um, but it has never been replaced by a tr peace treaty, and thus, 70 years after the Korean War is frozen, but not officially ended. Uh, the bizarre reality of this septuagenarian conflict was on display yesterday when a U.S. soldier decided to, apparently of his own free will, defect into North Korea and run across the DMZ at Panmunjom. Um, thankfully, unlike the incident, the last incident in the area where a North Korean soldier defected in November 2017, no one was armed yesterday as the result of a inter-Korean military agreement in 2018. Uh, in November 2017, there was an exchange of fire across the border, nearly killing the DMZ, nearly killing the North Korean defector, and coming at a time of incredibly elevated tension. Thankfully, tensions are not as high as they were in 2017, but they are slowly on the upswing. Since the failure of the U.S.-North Korea summit at Hanoi in February 2019, North Korea has turtled up and focused on improving its nuclear weapons and ballistic missile program, making repeated advancements despite American sanctions and self-inflicted isolation during the COVID-19 pandemic. The United States keeps saying that we are willing to talk to North Korea without any preconditions, uh, but we remain committed to North Korea's denuclearization and have been unwilling to make any concessions or any sort of steps uh, to try and kickstart diplomacy, both of which are non-starters for Kim Jong-un. In South Korea, a conservative administration has become much more interested in advancing U.S.-South Korea alliance cooperation and nuclear uh, extended deterrence. They have an audacious initiative for reaching out to North Korea, but sadly it's mostly audacious on paper, not in reality. The U.S.-South Korea alliance also turned 70, this, 70 years old this year, and the mood in Washington has been very happy about this and very jubilant. Um, my co-organizer, Doug Bandow, and I, when we were thinking of when to host this event and what to focus it on, uh, we wanted to introduce some much-needed sobriety into the discussion around the 70th anniversary, and so we aimed to do it around the anniversary of the armistice, which was the official anniversary is uh, middle of next week, um, in order to make the conversation about something other than just how great the alliance has been uh, for 70 years. We hope that the panel discussions today will provide ideas for how to advance the cause for peace, how to break out of the stalemate we find ourselves in, uh, but be warned, it's not a very happy situation. Um, our first speaker today is Representative Brad Sherman, uh, who's going to be giving a keynote address. Uh, he represents California's 32nd Congressional District, and both earlier this year and last year, he introduced the Peace on the Korean Peninsula Act, which calls for diplomatic engagement to formally end the Korean War and replace the armistice with a peace treaty. He will, stick us, he will start us off with a keynote address via Skype for 15 minutes. The remainder of the event will focus on two panel discussions. Uh, the first one will focus on the U.S.-South Korea relationship, where it is and where it's heading as we hit this anniversary. And the second panel focusing on ideas for advancing a peace regime with the North Koreans or breaking out of the current impasse we find ourselves in uh, with Pyongyang. Each of those panels will last for roughly 90 minutes with time for audience Q&A. Uh, I'll provide full speaker instructions and instructions for how to submit questions uh, before each of those panels. And there will be small breaks as we go along, so don't worry, we're not gonna keep you all in those seats for the next uh, four and a half, or like three and a half hours. 
Congressman Sherman, uh, thank you for joining us. Sorry about uh, the lay there, but welcome. I have, I have introduced you, sir. Um, so please begin uh, whenever you, you wish. Hello, I'm Congressman Brad Sherman from California's best name city, Sherman Oaks. Um, we uh, meet today to talk about policy toward North Korea. And the easiest thing for any politician or bureaucrat to do is to pound the table and say they will never have nuclear weapons. We demand that they give up their program uh, and then not do anything about it. And you would say that our policy has been a complete failure because every day they have more fissile material. Every month or year they have more nuclear weapons. And uh, uh, we uh, uh, and every day their missile technology is uh, more advanced. Uh, but actually our policy has not been a failure from the standpoint of the politicians and uh, bureaucrats and State Department uh, personnel that are involved. Because as long as you s stick to that tough party line, by God, North Korea should give up all its nuclear weapons and we demand it. Um, it's done well for the careers of every person involved. Um, I think that uh, we need more carrots, more sticks, and, uh, and uh, a more realistic objective. Uh, that objective should be that North Korea ends up with a highly monitored, limited number of nuclear weapons. I, you know, I'd love to have CIVIT, complete, uh, irreversible, verifiable, total disarmament. But uh, knowing, demanding what everybody in America wants uh, is not a negotiating strategy, it's a political strategy. Um, so... I uh, have focused on one aspect of this is, and, and one thing to kind of set the, the mood for negotiations, is that we look at the war that Dwight Eisenhower ended, and we need to create a formal end. Uh, the conflict uh, ended in 1953, but only with an armistice. The most famous armistice was the one signed on uh, no effective uh, on the 11th hour of the 11th day of 2018, I correct, 1918. Um, that armistice was followed by Versailles and formal peace treaties. We ought to have a formal peace treaty with North Korea. Um, uh, I've had the honor of uh, uh, meeting and discussing this uh, briefly with South Korean President Yoon. Uh, he is not as uh, big a fan of this approach as his predecessor. Um, uh, we uh, uh, had 45 uh, co-sponsors last year for a uh, bill that calls upon the State Department to negotiate a, uh, a peace treaty. Uh, now, there are those who attack this and say that's somehow a concession uh, to North Korea. I would simply say that I don't think Dwight Eisenhower made a concession to North Korea when he ended the war. That was a compromise. It ended up on the 38th parallel, pretty much where it started. Now, I would have loved for us to be totally successful in the Korean War, uh, but Eisenhower was uh, reasonable enough to realize that we needed a, uh, 
uh, a, a compromise, and uh, it was not a unilateral concession by North Korea to us that they stopped the conflict, nor was it a unilateral concession uh, by them. Um, I have reintroduced this bill in the 118th Congress on March 1st, a very important day uh, is celebrated annually in Korea on both sides of the 38th parallel. Um, uh, some 166 South Korean lawmakers have announced their support for it. Uh, and uh, this is more than half of the National Assembly of South Korea. Um, we're working, of course, with the uh, Korean uh, community here in the United States. One other part of the bill that's not as much a part of foreign policy, perhaps, is to call upon us to get family unification visits between Korean Americans and uh, their family living north of the 38th parallel. Uh, these, are, these are relationships that go back 70 years. Um, people haven't seen them, their uh, family for 70 years. Uh, some of them are approaching death, and uh, this would be a last, a last opportunity. Um, the uh, peace on the uh, Korean Peninsula Act builds on commitments made by South and North Korea Penmunjom in 2018 to reach an end uh, to this war, as well as the joint uh, U.S.-North Korea-Singapore Statement of 2018, under which both sides have agreed to make strides toward peace and denuclearization. Um, and uh, I know that uh, I'm being characterized as a, uh, a dove. Uh, no, I believe that we continue the sanctions until we achieve a deal on their nuclear program. Um, but I think that a peace treaty from the last war is a step toward preventing the next one. And I believe uh, that a realistic bargaining position um, is one more likely to lead to an agreement than a do it our way, we want everything. And look, uh, the, I, the North Korean regime wanted a non-aggression pact uh, this, uh, uh, some 20 years ago. I've been in Congress a long time. And Dick Cheney rejected that idea because he wanted to invade. So it's... Uh, not, I think it would be unlikely this would completely uh, get, get rid of their nuclear program. At the same time, I don't think that they will be successful in terrorizing the American people by brandishing those weapons to the point where we withdraw our troops uh, from South Korea uh, or, uh, in a, or in some other ways break that alliance. Um, I know that the North dreams of taking over the entire peninsula. They view the exit of multinational corporations as being critical, and they believe that breaking the alliance between the United States and South Korea is uh, the first step in that economic uh, implosion, or at least uh, desertion. So uh, I don't think that will be achieved. Uh, I think that the bonds between the United States and South Korea are very strong. Um, the Biden administration is pursuing a calibrated approach. Uh, it has not been successful. It's been, uh, it has not gotten the attention of the administration in part because of the Ukraine invasion. Um, and uh, we should be willing to sit down with Pyongyang at an appropriate diplomatic level to begin talks without uh, pre uh, 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 conditions. Um, 
We have, of course, expanded our, um, our joint uh, exercises. Our deterrence remains strong. Our commitment re uh, remains strong. Um, we also have to get South Korea and Japan to um, uh, make uh, appropriate uh, amends for the, uh, the crimes of the first half of the 20th century so that they can work more effectively toward preventing wars in the 21st century. Um, I think that, uh, well, I've got uh, a longer speech here, but I think I've, I've gone on. Um, and I look forward to working with you uh, toward a policy that puts to bed the war of 1953, that prevents a war in 2053 or any other time this century, uh, and that is based on a situation where uh, North Korea's program is, is monitored, known, uh, and limited. One final thing that I am concerned about is that North Korea is, of course, a country that wants uh, money, needs money, uh, has engaged in a whole variety of crimes to get money. Uh, they are desperate for money, and uh, they now have more nuclear weapons uh, than they need for their own defense. Um, Saudi Arabia and others with large amounts of money have indicated an interest in acquiring nuclear weapons. Preventing North Korea from selling its nuclear weapons is critical, and, one of, and that's one of the reasons why I believe that a highly monitored, limited North Korean nuclear program is less dangerous to the United States uh, than the current situation and the history we've had over the last 20 years. I'm Congressman Brad Sherman. I've been on the Foreign Affairs Committee for over 26 years, and I look forward to working with you on these issues.